Praise God. Love you this morning. You can be seated. Going to let our classes go back. Got a beautiful lesson today of Gideon. Amen. I, I pondered and, you know, prayed and said, well, we'll just go with the lesson. And uh, a lot of times we may, you know, direct back to the mothers and things of that nature. But uh, just didn't feel to do that this morning. Amen. Because I thank God for mothers. Because I tell you what, there's been a many of mothers that heard the voice of God and was willing Amen. Willing, hallelujah, to listen to that voice and stand against the odds and walk with God and do the work of the Lord. Sister, it's good to see you. God bless you this morning. God bless you all the way from Florida. Amen. To be with us this morning. God bless her. Appreciate her. Amen. Was you the one that got the vehicle shot up? I thought it was. I heard that. Lord bless her. Amen. It's about six times, am I right? So God's been good to her. He's been keeping her. It's a bunch of hoodlums out there, but I thank God that who can hand is upon our lives can keep us. Amen. Amen. But love you today and appreciate you. It's good to see each one of you to come. And, uh, you know, I hope you've come to hear the word of God today. I'm telling you, God's been so good to us. And how many is thankful for the written word of the Lord that we can study and use as an example uh, in our lives and to help us along this journey? Amen. To, to to ward this way, to keep this, it's what just upright and wholesome unto the Lord. And uh, I'm mostly just going to go through the scripture of the Judges 6 and 7, but we'll, we'll use, uh, you know, it's part of this anyway, some of it. And so if you got your Sunday school book and like to, Gideon and the strength of honesty. Gideon and the strength of honesty. Man, I'm going to tell you something. That's the best thing you, you and I can ever do. It doesn't matter about the situation. It's just to be honest with God. Straight up. He knows already. But he'll allow us to determine what we're going to tell him. And how we're going to respond. He'll leave it up to us. That choice is ours. We could tell him the truth. Or we could say, well, no, that's. Or we could just be honest. The Bible's taught us he knows our uprise and our downfalls. He knows our strong points and he knows our weaknesses. Before he ever makes the call, before he ever voices his instructions or guidance into our lives, he already knows. You know, God loves to call individuals, and that's all of us, <laughs> that was actually underdogs. That really didn't have, you know, a whole lot of um, a chance of making it. Not when it comes living for God. Not when it comes, amen, overcoming the deceitful powers of the enemy. We're no match for the devil. But the devil's no match for God. (laughs) Amen. And the scriptures taught us if God's for us, who can be against us? What spirits, what weapons is formed that they shall not prosper? No, we put our trust in the Lord and the goodness of God and His mercy. That's a reason when we mess up, you know what? When we mess up, I'm still coming to the house of God. Anybody ever messed up? Maybe you're cleaning a deer or a hog or something and you messed up. and shh. You didn't just cover it up and act like it didn't happen. Man, I hate to tell everybody what i just done. If it was bad enough, no, you were just saying, hey, we got to go somewhere. We got to do something. I remember it's been a little while back. I cut mine, buddy, for right there. 
That utility knife, buddy, it didn't have no mercy when it slipped out of that hog, buddy. Didn't have no cut problem cutting me. So I grabbed it and I looked at Anthony and I said, hey, I just got it myself. And he said, how bad is it? And I said, and I said oh, okay. <laughs> so I made it into the trailer there. I was living in the trailer at that time. And so I made it in there. And my wife says, come in here. Let me see you. I'll be watching. So I put it, walked in there and I wouldn't look at it no more. I didn't look at it enough. I was at that point like, I don't need to look at it no more. I have more than a cut a hand problem here. So, you know, I stuck it there. Hey, and she, she down there for a few minutes. She said, hey. She said, hey, we're going to have to go somewhere. We're going to have to take you somewhere. <laughs> sure enough, amen. But, but anyway, you know what? I, 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 you know, as bad as I hated it, I got in that automobile. I went to the emergency room. And, and you know what? What that doctor told me to do, now she had me sitting up to start with and working on him. Finally, she looked over at me. She said, I think I ought to lay you back. I said, yeah, I think you ought to, too. <laughs> I'm, in your, I'm at your mercy here. So, but you know what? God knows all about that. Am I right? That's the reason we come to the house of God. That's the reason we, we get back into this book right here. When we mess up, because we know, hey man, if I'm going to overcome this mess up, it's going to be by this book. And you know what? None of us is perfect. None of us has arrived at that point in place. We don't have some glorified body yet, and glorified mind yet, and glorified spirit in a manner and a way that we're not going to make mistakes. But you know what? I know where I come back, amen, to get fixed. Hallelujah. And I'll play a lot of people. Let's go to a lot of places, amen, to get a fix. That's what they call it, to get a fix. But the really only place you can come and get a fix is at the house of God. Calling on the one called Jesus Christ and obeying the word of God. That's the greatest fix you're going to ever get. So we're just excited about being here and going to do something for the Lord. Judges 6, 15, and 16 is our focus verses this morning. Judges 6, 15, and 16. And he said unto Kim, Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? In prayer or something, God moved upon you about calling or doing something. And the first thing out of your mouth, oh, my Lord, not me. <laughs> Where'd this come from? Who am I? <laughs> well, this happened all the way through Scripture. It really did. It moves on. He says, oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. <laughs> the Midianites as one man. You know why? Because I'm going to be with you. And that's the key. Amen. You know, the New Testament wrote to us and told us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He'll be with us. And there may be times that you feel like God's not even in a million miles. Because we love to feel this God. We love to stand on more than just the word sometimes. Is that all right? <laughs> Amen. You know, uh, actions. And we, like, we like response. We like to see God begin to open up the heavens. <laughs> we like to see God move in a manner of a way, you know. Sometimes we, we would love to see the hair stand on our heads. <laughs> Ooh, God's in this house. But you know what? It doesn't matter if the hair's not standing up. God's still in the house. And the word of God's still sure. 
and his promises are forever. And so you and I just connect and plug in that God, you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. And God, this is your idea, not mine. You put this in my heart. God, you spoke this into my spirit. And so this is the area that, that Gideon was trying to arrive and get to. Amen. That this is not a, my, my idea. Amen. This is a God's idea. I wasn't in the business to being called, but God, you called me. And even though I'd done my best to disqualify, disqualify myself, and I often we all do that. I don't have enough skills. I don't have enough power. Moses done the same thing. <laughs> Am I right? Others, amen, said, no, we can't do it. But God, this thing is all about God and the call of God. And ladies, and what a beautiful message in a way for mothers. Amen. Because, you know, uh, let me talk to the older ones a little bit. How many of you think, well, they're having the little ones? How many of you are thinking and, and even praying, oh, God, I'm glad I don't have to raise one in this generation. And I say that with sincerity and honesty. I'm praying for my, my daughter and my son, and I'm praying for my grandbabies because they're in a generation. I told some this in this last week or so. Amen. This is a different world than even my time. Amen. School, you, you wouldn't even recognize it as a school. You'd go over there and just, I've talked about in a few minutes, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down, I'm not, it's just a time, the world. That's the reason we're, we're pursuing and praying and, and, and seeking God. Amen. We want to start one here. I'm hearing of other apostolic churches, and you, you, you handle that the way you want to. But what we're trying to do is keep our babies from being exposed to some things way before they ought to be. Amen. And having some leadership into their lives and standing before them on five days out of the week, two and three and four hours a day. Amen. Through a spirit and an attitude and approach and doing everything they can. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. It hadn't stopped just at the colleges now. It's in your high schools. It's in your middle schools. And it's making its way to the grammar school. And you know we're protected to a certain degree as a rural area and just a country little place. Hallelujah. School system. But I'm telling you, it's, it's penetrating. It's making this way and it's up to you and I amen did you know what we're going to make the sacrifices we're going to make the commitments we're going to start laying aside and we're going to start doing what we can amen to get the finances amen to get a school here because this is what they want them exposed to I'm going to tell you something I want my little darling disposed to praying amen they took prayer out of school we want to put prayer in the line you and I both know amen without prayer hallelujah you're, you're going to lose them it's prayer that makes all the difference in the world it's our prayers amen that changes the, the cycle of things it changes situations. It's prayer and supplication. Hallelujah. And interceding. I'm telling you. And I'm telling you, those schools done everything it could. It don't want you to have your Bible. Amen. And set it on the school, on the desk. Amen. It don't want you to have it in the, in the book satchels. And they don't want you to expose them. I'm telling you. But amen. Here. Amen. It's going to be a part of the demand at the school. The teacher's going to have the Bible on the desk. And every time they look down to it, they're going to be as large of that book as any other book. Talk about a heart of a mother. Heart of a mother wants her babies to make it. Heart of a mother wants her babies, amen, to be successful. And the most successful thing a mother can do is introduce them to this one God, apostolic message, and get their souls right with God and finish the journey, amen, pleasing the master. Praise God, praise God. And so as we watch this really begin to unfold and take place, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to try to just go through the word. Amen. We begin to see what brought this about. This is also something else that was constant relapse, especially in the book of Judges, but even prior to that, 
It's called disobedience. It's called being stiff-necked. It's causing not to love the commandments and the ordinance and the statues of God. It would get them in trouble. Amen. You can go to Leviticus. And, and, and they didn't walk into this blind. Church, can I tell us something? We're not walking into this blind as we may think we are. I mean, come on. If we know anything about the book, we, 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 there's some things we know that we ought to be doing. And it's up to us to do it. Nobody's going to force us. Nobody's going to make us. Laws, we can pass all the laws that you want to pass. But the law alone will never make the individual do what's right. If that individual makes up in their mind, I'm going to break the law. Most of the time, they done made up in their mind, I'm willing to pay the penalty if I get caught. And they may fuss and gripe, you know, first attitude they're going to have, why wouldn't you catching this and why wouldn't you doing that and... You know, you know what I'm saying. I'm going to try not to jump all these rabbits. i got a lot to try to cover here just in these chapters in the life of Gideon. And how God works with Gideon and his willingness to be honest. This, this works right back to last week's lesson. Psalms talks about man. Talks about how the God said, knows that man is nothing but dust. He understands that he's working with man. And the ability of man. And his ability to reason and to comprehend, to understand. And then you got to get into that area where we're taught by Isaiah that God's ways is far above our ways as the heavens above the earth. And God doesn't work things out the way that we would work it out. God doesn't work in the same season or times or methods that, that you and I and our reasoning abilities to respond and handle things. Gideon's going to prove that here this morning. Amen. As he begins to question and one of the reasons why he begins to, to respond unto the angel, unto the God, to the voice of God. Why he done that. Uh, election time's going on. And so there's a lot being said about different areas and things of that nature. And, but we all, you know, everybody that comes around and talks about it, and it doesn't matter what office it is. Amen. Everybody realize that the biggest problem is money. You know, most of us feels like that money would help. But really money won't even solve all the problems problems. You could put a deputy on every acre of this land, but it's not going to stop all the crooks. It's not going to stop all the thieves. It's not going to stop all of them. Amen. Because you know some of them's going to be crooks. I'm not slandering none of them. I'm just, I mean, just study the facts. That same way with preachers. Everything that claims to be a preacher don't mean a preacher. The Bible says, amen, that the devil will come. Amen, coming himself, coming as a preacher. There's more devils standing in pulpits. Well, I'm just going to tell you. There's more devils standing in pulpits, amen, than a lot of other areas. Because that's one of the greatest places they can deceive people. Amen. That's, that's, I mean, anyway, I get on all that. But anyway, let's go. Here we go. Start at the very first verse. Children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them. Who delivered them? Now watch this. The Midianites weren't so big and bad and mighty. God, God's in control. The Lord delivered them into the Midianites. The Lord always lifted up the Amalekites, the Canaanites, all of the enemies and used them. Now, we've heard this a lot here recently, even in these lessons. Amen. So, so you know, that's sometimes you and I, that's the way we got it. When that devil comes a-knocking and trying to tell us things, you tell him, hey, devil, you're a liar. You're the father of lies. 
You know, I'm going to do right the opposite of what you say because you're lying. You tell me I'm no good what God thinks I am. He thought I was worth dying for. Man, that song's been on my heart the last month or so. God thought I was worth dying for. God thought you and I was worth going to the cross. God thought that you and I was worth, amen, going through a 4,000-year process and using a mother. Did you hear what Brother Ford said? God used a woman. Amen. He didn't need a man, but God had to have a woman, had to have a vessel to bring the Son of God to a savior of the world. Hallelujah. I tell you, God had this thing mapped out from the very beginning. Before the very foundations of the world, Jesus Christ was already in the mind and the plan of God. Whenever he took those, whenever he took Adam and Eve and that, that, that bloodline that led out of the, the seed of a woman, the promise of a seed, that seed was Jesus Christ. That seed is the word of God. That seed is a Holy Ghost. You can't separate them. And by this seed, amen, we're going to be overcomers. And we're going to put Satan under, we're going to bruise his head. Amen. That means we have the authority and the power to put him under our feet. It's not meant, it's not God's intent for you and I to be servants of sin. Well, praise God. Amen. It's God's intent for us to always overcome and be victorious. Amen. And do the work that he'd have us to. So watch this. Goes from that. He delivers them to the hands of the Midianites for what? For seven years. For seven years. They was oppressed by these Midianites. Brought in under subjection to them. And so now we begin to see what was going on in Gideon's life. And what was transpiring. Most of you gardeners. Those that works out in the fields and plants things. Hey, there's a lot of hard work in that. Amen. It's, it's, it's not quite, but almost like going to the gambling boats. Because <laughs> you got to depend on God. Depend on God to get the rain right. Man, I'm telling you, I, I've seen it up at that hardware store. It'd be raining. Half of them come in complaining it's raining. The other half is glad it's raining. It just depends on where they're at in life and what they want. Hallelujah. Some of them's wanting sun. Some of them's wanting to be summertime all the time. Some of them wants to be wintertime all the time. I'm glad God's in control. Amen. We wouldn't know how to dress. We wouldn't know how to get up. We wouldn't know what direction to go. Amen. Because every mile it'd be changing. That's the truth. And so thank God that some things are in his hand. And so whenever you start and so here they are as they're going to be coming under the, the, the rulership and the power of the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the children of the east. You're going to notice these, these terms, amen, in this chapter of what's unfolding and taking place. And now their disobedience, amen, is what brought this upon them. And so God's using them to bring them to a point and to a place, amen, of correction that they begin to cry out and call upon him for deliverance. You know, it's amazing sometimes where God, what kind of what kind of hope, you know, the submission hope, you know what I'm talking about? Man, you get, you know, get people in a certain hope, you get them in a certain place, you gotta, you know, we used to say calf rope, you don't hardly hear that no more. Amen, I don't know what they call it anymore, maybe they don't even wrestle no more, I don't know, but anyway, you get them in them certain holes and they got to give up, man, you got them, there ain't nothing else they can do. And, and so, you know, sometimes God has to do you and I the same way, and that's what he had to do to the Israelites here. He had to get them into a point and into a place. Amen, and so watch this. The Midianites had come down upon them in such a force and such a power that they had found themselves 
themselves digging into caves, amen, finding places, amen, to hide, finding uh, means and, and, and ways, amen. Why? Because they, need, they needed food, and so they would come down. Now, watch it. You can go back all the way back to Leviticus, this 26th chapter, and in that 26th chapter, you'll see about the fifth verse or thereabout where he talks about how that God controls the rain, and as long as they obeyed him and responded to him, amen, he would bless them, amen, and he would control the rain, and they would get the right amount of rain, and their fields would never, never fail them. They'd always have a have have food and have a remnant, and not and I'm not more than enough, and not just to get by with. God always promises an abundance and more than enough. And so, if you drop on down from that, that particular chapter, if you go to Leviticus, and I think the writer put it in her lesson, uh, Leviticus. The three and five, he says, If ye walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then will I give you rain in due season. How would you like that? I mean, you could call for rain when you need it. Tell the Lord, hey, that's enough. I mean, God knows best anyway. Oh no! How often do you ever hear people come in? You know, and it's rained, and it's rained seven days in a row. It's rained three, you know, three inches every day. All the creeks is flooding. All the rivers are flooding. People's houses are flooding, and then people say, "Well, God knows what we need." <laughs> well, even God knows we didn't need all that rain, <laughs> but He's sending it, and there's a reason for it, <laughs> and it's probably not a good reason. <laughs> Okay. Well, the Bible said it rains on the just and the unjust. Come on, y'all. Bible was living up with me. It's in the book, baby. And sometimes we got to suffer with the unjust. <laughs> you live in the Lord. How I many you ever heard this lately? Somebody got you know you went through a drought and somebody finally got some rain, and they tell them, "Oh, we're God's children. <laughs> uh, we must be paying tithes. Y'all better check on your tithes." Uh, well, you can't buy all that, but you, know, yeah, you need to pay your tithes. That's right. But anyway, but, but watch what, how God works. But he promised. Now, remember, the Old Testament was a physical church. Man, it played out physically. It physically revealed them. You watch this as it unfolds here. And so God had promised them this. So when you look back at that, he talks about rain in due season. And the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And your threshings shall reach unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time. In other words, from one crop to enough, you're going to have enough. You, you don't have to worry about. From one season to the next, I'm going to take care of you. you got food to eat. Your children's going to be blessed. Everything's going to be fine. But there's a condition with it. You've got to love my commandments. You've got to walk in my statues. You can't bow to other gods. I'm fixing to send you into some places and they're going to tempt you and they're going to try you. They're going to be luring for you. But you can't bow down to them. You can't give yourself to them. And you know what? If you do a little study on that, you'll see they made the same sacrifices, if not more sacrifices, unto idol gods. Huh. We used to tell them, especially at the shipyard, we'd tell them, it takes just as much time to do it right. If not less time to do it right. Than to just halfway do it here. And have to redo it two or three more times. So you're better off just take your time. 
and do it right. Of course, there are times when you get frustrated. Anybody ever got frustrated doing something? <laughs> sure we have. I got frustrated the other night. I got tired of being on that floor. Especially at 10 o'clock, 10.30. Finally, I reached that point. I was down in front of that refrigerator. I done reached that point. I took that board and I just threw it all across that floor. Sister Moore sitting over. She said, I think I had enough. I said, why don't you get it back? <laughs> I had because I was fixing I was ready to tear up all them boards. We're fixing a whole new floor because I fixed to cut all these up. <laughs> Hallelujah. The glory wouldn't last long, but it'd been fun for a few minutes. <laughs> but hallelujah. But say, we get frustrated about things. So that's what I've done. I got up and pushed everything aside. And praise God, Friday night, we got the victory over that battle, though. Hallelujah. That's done. It's over with. Praise the Lord. Even the grandbabies running in there said, Oh, we got a floor back. Run around. But anyway, we get frustrated about things, but you got to be careful. Got to be careful. That's when you got to back off and say, Okay, God, I need some help here. God, got to help me. So watch Gideon as he begins to work, and God begins to work with Gideon about this. Hey, sometimes we, 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 we have to be careful. God's, God's don't have any problem with us asking him questions if we approach him and ask him in the right spirit and for the right cause. Okay? God's willing to work with us. God's willing to help us. Now, well, I'm, I'm going to bypass. If I keep doing that, I'm gonna, I won't never get through this. And so... Every time the Israelites, if you drop down, you'll see where the Midianites had came in, the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. Now, in these seven years, now, he, he turned them over to the Midianites. But watch this. They won't be just one devil that shows up. Man, when the devil starts singing easy ticket, they'll come in. So you know what? You can't give in to one devil. If you give in to one devil, there's going to be two or three behind him. You start dropping one doctrine, next thing you know, you're going to be drop, dropping two or three more doctrines. Okay? So, so just watch how this unfolds. And so as they came in, the Bible said they came up in the, their cattle and their tents and came as grasshoppers from multitudes, for they, that their camels were without number, and they entered into the land. Watch what that verse says. That is verse 5. They entered the land to, to destroy it. They didn't steal anything. They didn't take anything home with them. They brought that multitude of camels and cows and people. And they, they devoured and ate all they could. But they trampled and destroyed everything else that they possibly could. To the point, to the place. If you read on past that, verse above that, you'll see. They encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou came unto Gazar and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass, not one single animal. They destroyed them. <laughs> you know, you and I, our nature, it's one thing for somebody to come in if they're so hungry. You know, that if they're hungry enough and we know it, we'll feed them. But whenever the enemy comes, not just to take what, because they're hungry, and just, but they try to destroy and annihilate. <laughs> just burn the house down and burn the fields and don't leave no substance for anybody. That's what they've done. So they had set out to do this. And this is the time of Gideon now. And this oppression it's been going on now for seven years, one after the next. One season after the next, this was unfolding. 
So now Gideon, go read of Gideon. He's at the wine press. He's at a place and he, he's taking that wheat and threshing that wheat, trying to, to at least work out enough, just enough to survive. We're not talking about feasting like some of us will before this day's over today. And rightly so. But they were trying to survive. And this is in the condition and situation that Gideon had found himself. But he was willing. Now watch him. He didn't quit. He's willing to take what he had. He's willing also to use means and ways, amen, not just to leave it. Because, you know, some of us can you know, make real light of him being at the wine press and sitting at the threshing floor. But how many of us leaves $100 bills just laying around everywhere? You know, that's like laying up $100 bills on the dash of your truck and don't think anybody's going to break into it. <laughs> I mean, come on. Even good devil's going to break into that. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks it's a good devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, some things are just, just, just too tempting. I mean, you're trying everybody. And the Bible says, tempt not thou the Lord. And maybe he, he said, I went to the ignorance one time, but not today. <laughs> I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? So, so you've got to look at Gideon maybe just a little different here. That was a wise thing he was doing because maybe he had some babies. Maybe they hadn't ate so good in the last two or three days. And he's trying to, he's trying to work something out. And he's trying to bring something about. And, and get in the hand of God to work for him. And so as he's working through this, the Bible talks about how that an angel. Then there came an angel in about the 11th verse of the Lord and sat under the oak tree. Well, let me back back up. And the Lord first sent a prophet, an unnamed prophet. We don't know who the prophet is here. An unnamed prophet to the children of Israel. Why? Because the children had cried out. So the Lord sends a prophet unto them. Saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up out of Egypt, brought you up out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drove them out from among you and gave you their land. Hey, I've delivered you. I brought you out of oppression. and I, I gave you their land. And, and so I blessed you and I've kept you. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed obeyed my voice and so now the angel came an angel came unto the Lord that came from the Lord the Lord it sat under the oak tree notice the oak tree notice last week we had a different tree what was it it was a palm tree that Deborah sat under there's always a place there's always you know a lot of people don't think you've got to go to a local assembly well I could left this one out but uh, amen it's here Amen. We had a palm tree last week that Deborah sent under the people knew where to come. Now we got an oak tree, and this oak tree representing the strength and a place. And under this oak tree, here is the here's the angel, as though he's just observing, he's taking note of what's going on. But there's a place of a gathering. It's always, and that's the reason in, in the New Testament we're taught not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. There's something about getting together. Because nobody's an island and nobody can do it all by themselves. We're always gonna have to have help and encourage one another and uplift one another. And so thank God for the house of God that we can come together and have a faithful ministry and how God can perfect us and how God can edify us and help, how God can help us along this journey. Hey, thank God for the house of God and a place that we can come in and a place that God wants to bless and, and have a meeting place and a time that's been set for God to do the miraculous and for God to do the supernatural. Hey, there's got to be a birthing room and I, I'm not saying it's just limited here, but I'll tell you there, there, any place anybody ought to receive the Holy Ghost it ought to be at the house of God. If anybody ought to have a miracle, it ought to be at the house of God. If there's any place I ought to be able to bring my, my problems and situations, there ought to be a place called the house of God. Man, I could jump a lot of rabbits, but I'm going I'm to let that go. Amen. Let's, as we move on with this, 
he goes and the Lord, he said unto the oak tree and offered, he pertained unto Joaz. And he goes on from that and he talks about Gideon threshing the wine press. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, talking about to Gideon, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thy mighty man of valor. <laughs> yeah, and we'd probably, do, we'd probably be like Gideon. Who are you talking to? <laughs> but you know what? You might, if you could have had somebody to examine the rest of them, you might have looked at Gideon just a little different and said, You know what? The old boy's doing pretty good. I've said this before. People might say something about somebody. I tell them if you knew where they come from, they're doing awesome. <laughs> if you just knew where they'd been, what they'd been through, and here's where God's got them. God's a good God. Goes and Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? What is all this about? All these, these Midianites and the Amalekites and, and, and all of our labor. <laughs> How many of you love to plant a pea patch? And you went out yesterday and they needed one more day. For them purple holes to really turn purple and be just the right. <laughs> and when you got out there the next morning, these little creatures with them little pointed hooves on them. <laughs> Y'all ain't laughing. <laughs> they just come through and they just maybe didn't pick it clean, but it was sure close. I had somebody, I won't mention his name, but he started planting a garden last year. He's retired recently. <laughs> Y'all getting close now. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, hey, I fixed to shoot them critters. He said, I'm going to get my shot, my rifle back of my porch. He said, I fixed to kill them little demons. <laughs> They was eating that garden up. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know if he did or not. I didn't get no deer steaks, so apparently he didn't. But anyway. <laughs> but, but hey, that, that's, and so that's where Gideon was at. Now, that wasn't creatures. That was people coming. And so here he is. He's got to deal with all that. He said, where's God's at? Man, we, we've done the best. We planted just right. We had one of the best crops we ever had. Then all of a sudden, here they come. And they come in like a flood, amen. And they wiped it out. Begins to work with him, begins to talk to him, and and so as you watch this conversation, and for time's sake, because I know I'm gonna get in trouble here if I don't. So with Gideon, you know, what do you mean a man of valor? Where's the Lord at? And if we're not careful, we'll be saying some of the same things. Where's the miracles at? Where's this? Where? I'll tell you something. We'll just we'll just tune our ears into the voice of God in this generation. I'm telling you, the times being set. For one of the greatest revivals that America will ever see. Because I'm telling you, the, the pull of demonical forces is going the other direction. And they're doing everything they possibly can. So it's a time, I'm telling you, for the church to rise up like never before. And be an impact to the lost and the dying. I'm telling you, there's some people that want to be saved. There's some souls that want to be delivered. And we have the message to give them. We have an experience to show them. And so, 
So as you watch Gideon here, he, he deals with this, and the angel begins to talk to him. And, and God, the voice of God, actually picks up. If you watch the voice of God as he begins to unfold him, the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. Thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? It's my voice. So now God begins to deal with Gideon on a personal basis. He, he doesn't jump on Gideon. You know, we do, something, we do the same thing sometimes, don't we? We tell them little darlings, you know, go take out the trash. And, and we give them a few minutes. Hey, I told you go take out the trash. And we work with them, don't we? At least sometimes. <laughs> Y'all looking at me like. <laughs> I mean, we use all kinds of methods. Sometimes we count one, two, three, four. And sometimes we start off, you start off, I'm not counting today. I'm not in the mood to count today. You better move and you better move now. <laughs> they pick up the vibes, so don't worry. <laughs> It don't take a whole lot. But anyway, God's willing to deal with Gideon. He begins to work him because he knew the heart of Gideon. He knew the strength of Gideon. He understood that, that Gideon because, you know what? God also knew the call that he was calling him to and the task he was fixing to take on. And the real testing that was going to come just right down the road. So as he begins to deal with him, and Gideon begins to speak unto him, he says unto him, Oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save ears of behold? He begins to talk about his family. And, and, you know, Manasseh. And then he talks about, and I'm even the least of this. And so we start looking for excuses or, or what we may feel is reason. And they may be notable reasons. They may be uh, you know, reasons that's legit. Okay? But when it comes to God and to the call of God, none of that matters. It's God's business. It's God's business to pull them out from the sheep coat. It's God's business to pull them out of darkness and out of wilderness. And whenever he called, how many of us have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light? <laughs> so as he moves and he begins to work with Gideon. And so he speaks to Gideon, it goes on down. And so from that point, amen, Gideon begins to respond. He realizes, and even with the angel, as he, he realized, hey, this is a token, this is a tribute, this is a time. He, he tells him, he said, hey, if you'll just wait here, he said, I'm going to go and get an offering. I'm going to go get a present and I'm going to bring it. And so he did. He brought, he brought the, the bread and he brought, to, amen, the, 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 uh, the broth in a pot and he put the bread in the basket and the meat and, and the angel instructed him how to place it on the rock. Amen. And as he backs off, the, he takes and fire burns it and he accepts it and immediately that angel disappears. And now Gideon is left with the Lord and the voice of God is talking to him and ministering to him. And, and so he begins to deal, amen, as with Gideon on a personal basis, amen. And so Gideon tells him and begins, after all this unfolds and takes place, he begins to fleece the Lord. Begins to ask the Lord and ask him not to be. And begins to put it out there. And you've heard it preached so many a time. How that he would took, he took the fleece and put it. And he said, just let it and it alone the dew to settle on it. And, and just be covered. But all the ground, the ground around it would be dry. And, and sure enough, the next morning he got up and he goes out there. Because, why? Because Gideon was wanting to make sure it wasn't just his voice. Gideon was wanting to make sure this, this wasn't just some dream of my own. This is what just some idea that I've come up with. I want to make sure that the Lord is with me. I want to make sure this is a voice of God that's in my life. Because you've got to understand something. The Israelites didn't have a military. Yeah, watch him. That's the reason Gideon responded when he says, 
I'm out of the family of Manasseh. I'm the least in my family. I'm not a general. I don't know nothing about military. I don't know anything about battle. I don't know anything about fighting. I've never killed a bear. I've never killed a lion. So here's the deal. Gideon say, where's this resource coming from? Watch this. All your politicians will tell you, if you vote me in, if I had enough money, I can solve all the problems. If, if the sheriff had enough money, he could put a deputy, you know, every mile all over the county. Every mom and dad tells our baby, baby, if we had the money, we could do this and we could do that. We had the resources. If we're not careful, we'll tell God, God, if I had their education, I could do what they're doing too. If I had their talents, I could do what they're doing too. If I had their resources, hey, that's where Giddy was at. I don't have no resources. I don't have no money. I don't have a military. I, the family, my family, they don't even know my family. <laughs> so Gideon's wanting to know, now where is this going to come from? How's this going to happen? And so God begins to deal with him on a personal basis. God's always willing to work with us if we're willing to be worked with. Catch that. God's willing to work. Who will let? That's the key. God, God didn't have a problem with you not receiving a revelation to start with. And, and not, you know, insight. And, 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 you know, you get the Holy Ghost and you don't look like a 30-year saint and walk like a 30-year saint. And you don't. No, God's always willing to work with us. And watch this. The mother's always willing to work with them babies. Mothers is always willing to say, we're going to just give them one more chance. And so the mother of the church and the nature of that mother. That's willing to stay up at the night times and has an ear tuned in to hear that, that baby's cry when nobody else can hear it. Has that, that initiative in them that, hey, some just don't seem right. I, I, I think I need to pray. I'm going to pray for my baby. Not knowing that, hey, something's going on. That's just the way God works. He's always willing to work with us, just like he was willing to work with Gideon. To get him to a place and to a point. Because he was going to have to depend on Gideon to believe him, put his trust in him. Because he's fixing to call him to do something that was impossible. That without God, it wasn't going to happen. It had to be a God's idea. <laughs> That's the reason he worked with Moses. When he threw that rod down, that stick down, and turned it into a serpent. And told him, pick it up by the, pick it up by the tail. Folks, you don't, well, you don't pick up snakes. But if you're going to pick them up, you don't pick them up by the tail. You, you don't even pick up chicken snakes by the tail. I mean, if you do, you, you just, you're just a little messed up. I'm just telling you the truth. You, you head in the wrong direction. <laughs> you like to play with things that, yeah, okay, I'll leave that alone. Some of you don't like that, but anyway. <laughs> and so, so as he works with Gideon here, and the, so now he comes back and he said, oh, Lord, don't, don't be angry with me. Don't be upset with me. But, 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 but t t today, t t said, said, 
I want you to let everything around that fleece be soaked down, but the fleece itself to be dry. And sure enough, God honors and God works with him on this behalf. Now, these two chapters are very beautiful and powerful chapters to read, on, even on a personal basis, how God begins to work on their behalf. And so, sure enough, Gideon, amen, has moved upon. And so he rallies, now watch this, he rallies 32,000 men together. Now, all said and done, that's not a great, great host of, of, of a men to go against the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the children of the east. Not when they got a multitude. I mean, the odds are still way out there. But God begins to work on, on Gideon again. He tells him. Now, see, watch this. The first personal encounters with, with, between God and Gideon. God getting to the place he trusted God. And he believed in his voice and knew his voice. I mentioned this Wednesday night, I believe it was. The best thing that you and I will ever do is get to that place that we know the voice of God in our lives. That we'll know that it was the voice of God. Hmm. Okay, i got to hurry. Uh, so with Gideon, here he goes. He tells Gideon, he said, 32,000 is way too many. Why? Because Israel, take the credit. They said they have delivered themselves. Well, Gideon already knew from the beginning. Huh. This is going to have to be a God thing. I mean, this is the only way this is ever going to happen. And, and so, so he tells him, he said, you just tell them. Of the 32,000, all of them that's fearful and afraid to just go home. You know why? You know why? Because fear, fear can affect them. Fear is right the opposite. Amen. Here's what fear is actually a reverence to the devil and the chances of losing instead of the wholesome fear, which is a fear of God and a reverence to him that, you know what? God's going to see me through this. It works in the right, the opposite. And so sure enough, now probably Gideon, I don't know, but I can just imagine as 22 thousand got up and packed up and went home 22,000 that left him 10,000 well that's not so bad I'm sure he was thinking about Barak I mean that's how many times that's how many Barak started out with was 10,000 last week I mean he rallied 10,000 men together how many of us could rally 10,000 <laughs> a lot of you. <laughs> How much money you got? <laughs> so here we go. We're right back to it again. So, so what's the whole story about? You got to depend on God. You got to depend on God. You got to depend on God. Folks, that's what God's trying to get us right back to right here in America. You know why some things are not working like they used to work? And I'm going to say this, and I don't have nothing to back it up except the, the evidence. Amen. Medication don't work against infection like it used to. And I don't care what anybody says. I'm telling you, it don't. I don't know what they're putting in them bottles. Amen. I don't know who's putting it in them bottles. I don't even know who's overseeing those bottles. But I'm telling you, and, and well, you know, most of it comes from cross waters. 
<laughs> I don't know who they got over there making sure what's done. But I tell you one thing, you can depend on that's God. When you can't depend on that medicine and you can't depend on this and it's not working, you can depend on one thing, God. God can take water and make it work. Amen. Where their, their assailants and all this other stuff won't work, God can. So, that, so you understand what I'm trying to tell you? God's just trying to get us right back into that place. We're going to trust God. We're going to rely upon God. We're going to pray. We're going to call on His name. We're going to put our trust in Him. And, and you know, the, the last day or two, and I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you, God's dealing with me. And, 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 and he even chastised me a little bit yesterday. Because, you know what, we get into a place sometimes that we really don't ask God to help us in all the areas of our lives. The little bitty things. Every little minute thing. And, and, and so I began to say, Lord, you help me. I prayed over that floor. And I've done this and I've done it. And God's helped me. God's blessed me. Amen. He's helped us. With this thing is coming together and working together. Amen. And so, so we give God some glory and praise. But watch this. And then yesterday. And I'm going to tell on this, Brother Randy. Brother Randy called me about 5, 5.30 or so. His neighbor had been lost. Amen. He's, he's got all timers. He's lost. And so uh, Mr. Peavy, some of you probably know him. He's 80 years old. They've been looking for him since about 11.30 yesterday and he the sheriff called him wanted him to get the, his boat and go in the river and see if they could find him soon he's got off that phone and now we done had this little episode here a few weeks ago and one prior to that and different things transpiring taking place so I just stopped everything I was doing I just began to walk outside there. I said God you know what you can show that man can show up I said I don't know where he's at I said but you know where he's at I said I believe you can make him show up right now in just a few minutes somehow somehow play I'm telling you it was no time in fact I'd walked away from my phone that I'd got away Back to answer, and I picked it back up. His brother Randy, he said, Man, it's been a long time since God answered that quick. He said, Here he is, right here on this front porch. Now, some people say, well, that was just coincident. And that's your problem. It's just a coincidence. Nothing's a coincidence for the children of God. God's always on time. God always knows what he's doing. But here's the key. I'm going to ask God for the little things. I'm going to believe him for the big things. I'm going to give him the same glory and praise and honor for the little things as well as I do for the big things. Because if you'll get where you trust God and believe in God and not in yourself, not by my talent, skills, or ability, but my strength is in the Lord and in the might of the Lord and in the Word of God. And that's where he did it and had to get. I tell you, he had to get to that point. Play. God, I'm going to take you at your word. And so when that 22,000 walked away, it didn't stop again. It did not stop him. Amen. Amen. He was still going to see the victory. He's still going to see it happen. And so God tells him again, hey, you still got too many. Okay, God, you're in control. You're the boss. Amen. God, you're in control of my life. I love you. I'm going to worship. I'm going to magnify you. I'm telling you, our response. I'm going I'm I'm to buck that spirit again this morning. Our response and things that happen in our lives will determine whether or not God can bless us or allow the process to continue. Now, that don't go over good, but it's still the truth. Hey, some things our response is. You got it, God. Glory be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I hope you're going to make a way anyway. Or, and I'm going to leave that blank. Because I don't want to offend everybody. But our response. Our response really tells a story if we believe him and trust him or not. Our response. And so Gideon. Now, you know, it's funny how God works. I'm telling you. God will make us look foolish in the eyes of the world. They, some people just have, they just have too much pride to ever really believe and trust God and obey Him. How do you, why do you say that? All right, watch this. He's got 300 now. 
He tells, he tells again, he said, go down to the well. Go down to the creek, river. He said, he said, and those, he said, I'll tell you, when you get there, by their actions, by their, how they respond, how they drink that water, will determine who's going to stay and who's going to go. 300 of them, they don't get down on their hands and knees and drop their head in the water and drink. They scoop it up and lap it like a dog. Observing and watching, there's a lot you can put into that. But you know, a lot of people, they ain't no way under the sun. They got in front of everybody and cupped that water up and lapped it like a dog. 300 of them did. When God's call is upon you, God's anointing upon you, you'll obey him. It doesn't matter how ridiculous it, it might look to the flesh or to the world. I want to please God. And it's all about him. And I don't know what Gideon thought at that point. Maybe he thought, well, them 300 there, it's happened like, that's probably the ones that's going to, but it was right the opposite, wasn't it? We'll take this 300. Now, you got to understand something. Gideon had some faith. And I know what time's on now, but read it. He's going to war. He's going to battle. He doesn't have not one sword, not one bow or arrow, has no tanks, no planes, has no guns on his side, none of that. Now, you're talking about hearing the voice of God. But he's got a pitcher. He's got a horn. And he's got a candle inside that pitcher. The pitcher's in the left hand. The horn's in the right hand. And here, watch this. All this is types and symbols. First of all, if you and I are going to be saved, we better get a man of God in our lives. As a voice of God in our lives. Those 300 depended totally upon what Gideon was going to instruct them. And how to win this battle. And how to overcome. Didn't matter how ridiculous it, it might have looked to everybody. Didn't make any difference. We're going to follow the man of God. He's got us this far. Because <laughs> we're ready to be out from that oppression of the devil. We're ready to find deliverance. <laughs> and sure enough. And so Gideon tells him. He says, you just follow me. And what I do, that's what you do. And so he sends 300. 100 on each side of that camp. Now, just prior to this, or just before they go into there, God sends him, sends him with his friend. They go down to the enemy's camp. And, and the dream that was given, and out of the mouth of the enemy, they talk about how that this barley cakes comes down and hits the tent of the Midianites and totally destroys it. And they said, out of the enemy's mouth, this is nothing but the sword of the Lord and Gideon. And so Gideon goes back, and he, he suits him up and says, hey, let's go. And still wait it till God, God informs him the moment and the time at the right watch, at the changing of the watch, and at the meeting, the changing of that watch is whenever he told him to blow that trumpet and to break that pitcher. And when he'd done it, the 300 done it. Now watch what God does. God took those men as they began to cry out out of fear and they turned upon one another and destroyed one another. 
Getting them won a battle and a war without the first sword, without the first spear, without any shields, without anything. They totally depended upon God, amen, to bring this about. Because Gideon was so honest in the beginning. God, I'm not the man. I'm not able. I'm not in the right family. I don't have the right names. I don't have, so I don't have. But you know what? He had an ear to hear the Spirit of God. Now watch this. Whenever you and I have got an ear to hear the Spirit of God, and we get a man of God in our hearts, and we start obeying him that breaking of the spirit spirit of the, the vessel amen where the light is when this vessel becomes broken a broken heart and a contrite spirit God will not despise he'll never turn it away I don't care where it's coming from I don't care how much in dungeon or how much in sin it's been when he reaches a point in the place of repentance and a godly sorrow amen it becomes broken before God because there's a light already inside of it in a sense now because God is a light unto every man and God's the one that writes the names on the Lamb's book of life and so it all lies on But that individual, that soul, that earthen vessel has got to reach a point and a place in their life. I got to have a man of God in my life. I got to have a place that I can come and join together. And when I do that and I don't beat it, I'm telling you and become broken. It's God, amen, that puts that light, that true light called the baptism of the Holy Ghost that comes into our lives and leads and guides. And we'll win every battle and every struggle. I'm not telling you life is easy and it's just a, a, a bunch of games. No, this life is real and we're soldiers in this kingdom. But I'm telling you we're going to win every battle the church is not going to be defeated I don't care what the economy does I don't care what the government does I don't care who comes and goes the church is going to be victorious and the church can have revival and the church can have miracles and wonders and signs and the church can watch their families come back together and the church can watch their loved ones amen being brought out the church is going to have authority and power upon this earth but they got to get a man of God in their lives they got to fall in love with the word of God you and I have got to fall in love with the commandments and the statues and the principles and fall in love with them and obey them not just hear them not just know them in our heads but they're written on the tables of our heart that we might not sin to get him and with the right attitude and the right spirit I'm telling you it's going to be miraculous what God will do for his people in this end time God hadn't forsaken this earth yet honey as long as there's a church there is hope for every individual upon this church upon this earth to be redeemed and reconciled and saved but it's up to you and I as we humble and yield ourselves under the power of God. If you read the remainder of that chapter, you read where God used the rest of them, even those, the Midianites, that crossed the Jordan River trying to forsake and get away. God raised up the others, and they annihilated until there was not one man left of the enemy. God's in the business, folks. Of redeeming and reconciling and saving. Scripture's real plain. In fact, these verses was in our last week's last week lesson. I'd love to bring them to you, and I know I don't have covered all of this in quite all the way, but I'd like to just bring this of uh, two or three verses to you that was in our last week's lesson, if I can find them, man, to help us to understand what God will do for us as he works on our behalf in helping us to win this battle and win this struggle. Well, oh, no wonder. Matthew 28 and 20. 
I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Listen to the next one. In Philippians 1 and 6. He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. God didn't start a call in Gideon's life for him to come up short and not finish the course. God's call upon each soul, each life in this house this morning. There's a course. There's a battle. Everybody's not walking down the same course. Everybody's not facing the same battles and struggles. But we're all serving the same God that will work on our behalf. And he's going to finish that work in our lives. Second Peter in Peter's writing put it this way. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. The Hebrew writer said he promised he'd never leave us nor forsake us. But he'll be with us into the end of the world. As we humble and give ourselves unto the powers of his grace and his mercy. And let God work on our behalf. Folks, this, this lesson here from Judges 6 and 7. And the life and, and the encounter that he had with God. And how God was willing to work with him. And deal with him. Folks, he's willing to do the same thing. Now watch this. Go back to... Uh, Judges 6 and 17, I believe it is. Now, what is some of the key to all of this? What did Noah find? He's going to get it. I'm going to let him put it up. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace. Did you know the New Testament taught us that the grace of God has appeared unto all men? It's reading the Apostle Peter says, we're going to be without excuse. Why? Because Jesus Christ brought grace and truth. That's the reason John wrote, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish. Because the grace of God is sufficient for us to win this race. It doesn't matter how bad we mess up, how often we drop the ball, if we're just willing to come back and confess and repent and get it right. Now, we can't walk in sin, and we can't be a servant of sin, and we can't be disobedient children and use the grace of God as a license to sin. But the grace of God has been given to us that we can overcome sin and be victorious over it. That battle in an individual is just as important as this battle was for Gideon and for the Israelites in the hour. I could take you to Acts I can't remember, maybe 27th chapter. The Paul, Paul's testimony unto Agrippa. And how that he talks about the calling that was upon his life. Amen. It was to deliver those that was oppressed by the devil. Through the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel still has the power and the ability to set free and deliver souls and hearts and lives. It's no different today. Amen. To work among us and through us as we allow the power of his beauty and the power of his love to have its way in our hearts and in our lives this morning. What about it today, folks? Why don't we just take a moment? Why don't you just stand with me? Brother Brian, if you don't mind, step back in or tell them we're ready. They can come. They've been in and out. So 
But let's just take a moment now. Let's just talk to God for just a minute. And, and I know we fix and change the order of service. And what a beautiful occasion, Mother's Day. But let's take this moment now, if you don't mind. And uh, let's just thank God for his grace and his mercy. Amen. His call upon our lives. Peter put it this way. Making your calling an election sure. You know, it don't take it don't take a genius to realize. And uh, people, they all time coming to the hardware store. I'm talking about folks that don't know nothing about church, nothing about going to church. Uh, but even that, hey, I don't think this can last much longer. I think something's going to happen. Hey, it's in the air. It's in the atmosphere. People know that. Hey, hey. And if it's ever been a time, but you and I, Amen, is testimonies and witnesses and 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 light into the world, the salt of the earth, and, and encourage others. Said, come, 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 be in church with us. Come and look, don't be deceived. Don't let the devil, you know, be a testimony of God's goodness and grace. And to finish our course, to finish our course, amen, to run this thing, amen, in a manner of way. Now, we're not going to be exempt, folks. I promise you, we're going to face some things. We're going to deal with some circumstances and situations, but God's going to help us. God's going to strengthen his church. I, I believe God's going to give us some insight and some revelation and help us, amen, in some warfares and battles, spiritually speaking as well. But you know what? Some of them is going to actually be in the, in the natural realm. But it's up to you and I this morning that I'm going to purpose some things in my heart and purpose some things in my mind. The same principles, amen, that got a hold of Daniel and the three Hebrew at purposing of some things in their heart. You know what you and I are going to have to do? We're going to purpose, amen, in this generation, in this hour and season of this Laodicean time. Come on, we're not ignorant of this, amen, that we're not going to become lukewarm and neither we're going to be deceived. That's the two main spirits that's working in our nation, in our world today. Because you can almost ask anybody and everybody. Everybody's saved. Everybody's ready to go to heaven. You know, everybody's upright with God and all this other thing. There's, I'm telling you, but by the multitudes, They've been deceived, amen, according to what this book has taught us. So I want you and I just take a moment right now before we turn this service over, amen. Let's, let's just take a moment and ask God to help us. And hey, don't, don't discredit this, this moment of prayer. I'm telling you, tell you, God proved that yesterday even, amen. Sometime a 10-second prayer is all it takes. With earnestness and sincerity, God can turn that situation around. And so he can do the same thing for you and I this morning if we'll just ask him. God, we love you today. We appreciate you. We're so thankful of your goodness and grace and mercy the powers of your compassion that falls upon our hearts our minds and spirit I'm asking you God to reach down into this service not only just into this service and into this house I'm asking you God to reach into the hearts and the souls and the minds of each and every individual in this place this morning stir us up God to order our footsteps guide us into your will and purpose and calling we want to be vessels of yours in this end time full of the Holy Ghost and full of the love of God Full of wisdom and skill and talent and ability, God, to be soul winners. Soul winners, God, in this, this end time that we're in. We pray, God, for your anointing and your favor. And as Gideon said in that 17th verse, and as Noah found in his generation, we want to find the grace of God working among us and through us as we give you the glory and the praise and the honor for the mighty touch of your presence in our hearts and our lives this morning, giving you the thanks for it. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. Changing the order of service this morning. What a beautiful day, Mother's Day. And uh, we're so thankful that you've come to be a part of this. We're going to turn this over to Sister Mallory. She's going to come. Amen. And, uh, okay, give them a minute. We will. All right, because they're standing back there. Uh, but, uh,
We appreciate, uh, uh, you know, this is one of the greatest fundraisers. And it's not just about the funds, but it is a blessing. Uh, make mention of that too? All mothers, make sure they got a number. All mothers, make sure you got a number. Did you get a number when you came in? All the mothers, make sure you got one. Sister Becky Ford didn't. Praise God. Anyone else want to make sure? Don't want nobody to be left out. But let me thank you ahead of time. It's always a, uh, a great way, a blessing. You know, uh, these, this means it's come our way. And Sister Mallory and them have brought it to our attention. And it's a good time. It's a fun time. But what a great way to honor the mothers. Amen. Of this church and uh, of our community and visiting mothers. We appreciate each one of you. And thank God for you. Amen. Your commitment. And uh, we just give you the honor here this morning. And appreciate you coming to be a part of this service with us today. So we fix and turn this over. Amen. And let them take care of business. And then we'll finish up. Okay. Lord bless you. Bear with them. A lot of our little ones, they, they know your faces, but they do not know your names. <laughs> so they're trying to figure out who these people are. <laughs> Brother Josh and Sister Madison did a great job on all of this. Um, so yes. It's a lot of work, but it turns out wonderful. Um, they did sell 4,000 for Mother's Day. I think this is the most that has ever been sold. So they did amazing. And what's so great is so much of this is profit towards the youth and some other things that they're wanting to go towards. And it's really a blessing. Um, so we've got our baskets coming up for the ones that are our third, second, and first place winners this year.
our third place winner, 310 truffles were sold to her, and it is Sister Lori Churchwell. If she can come up. <laughs> they must have tried to fool some. So stay up here, sister, because you know they're going to want to take pictures. Um, second place with 350 sold goes to Sister Tara Toodle. And this year's Mother of the Year, our first place winner with 570 truffles, goes to Sister Joyce Ford. Now everybody's going to have to help everyone eat all these, so... Thank y'all so much, and if y'all want to take pictures, I'm sure somebody will want to take some pictures, but thank y'all. You're going to take pictures, you better come do it. <laughs> come on, Sister Moore. Let me say thanks again unto you. I'm telling you, this is uh, it's a beautiful way and an awesome way. Uh, raising a little money, and uh, we thank you, uh, your commitment and dedication and getting involved, and appreciate it so much. Uh, uh, this money is used. Uh, <laughs> this money is used for the youth and uh, sound apartment, all these different places, and so we're thankful. We're thankful unto you, and appreciate it so much, as as God just continues to bless you and appreciate you. And I'm fixing to turn this to Sister Moore, and she'll take care of the rest of this uh, here this morning. Thank you, Pastor Moore. Y'all can continue taking your pictures. My Lord, the candy. Ooh, somebody's got a lot of candy to eat. Ooh, hallelujah. No, that's not going to my house. I got two that's already hopped up. They don't need any more. <laughs> and they're both sitting on the edge. So I guess I'll use both of them. Come on. You know, when you go shopping, you got one or the other. They want to buy all for themselves, and they think about the sister after a while. I guess we can get her this. It's one item. There are 15 items. Okay, first of all, just hold on. All right, Sister Joyce usually does this for me, but since she's in the process of healing, getting better. Don't have a lot of strength. I don't feel like I've got none myself, Sister Joyce. I think the older we get, the less we have. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Okay. <laughs> So today we have the oldest mother, 
Now, I don't know how to guess the age on women or how old she <laughs> I'm a woman, too, so I don't want to be offensive. Um, do we have anybody that's um, 80, a, above 80? Um, Sister Buford. All right, well, sis, come on. You just come right on down. Stand right there. Stand right there. Well, sis, can I say a little bit about you? Well, let's see. My mother is probably sitting in a chair with her head laid back. <sighs> probably taking a nap. I was no telling with her. If she's not in a good mood, she might be fussing at Paul, telling him to quit closing his eyes and everything else. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> Sister Buford has been a blessing. Uh, I still consider her as being a, my pastor's wife and still being someone that I can go to and talk to. And she's been a lot of help, a lot of strength to the church in the past and now. Um, and she's a godly example to follow after and look up to. Uh, so I just want her to know that we love her and we appreciate her, not just only today on Mother's Day, but every day of the year. We're thankful that God blesses us with God. Godly women, praying women, mothers that cherish their children and take care of them. And that's what it's all about, the kingdom of God. Love you, Sister Buford. Okay, we have the youngest mother. I wish that was me. <laughs> the youngest mother. Oh. <laughs> no offense, Pastor Moore. Um, who's, I don't know how to guess that either. Who's, uh, let's see, is anybody that's 20, 25? Brianna's 24. Anybody under 24? No one under 24. So come on down, Bree. It's your day. She's the youngest. And I guess, you know, I have to say she's one of the prettiest. Because she can to Sister Mo. She has this handsome little guy. You just didn't been older and been my age, son. <laughs> so handsome oh my lord love you Bree happy Mother's Day he wants <laughs> okay whoopee doo we know who this goes to the mother here with the most children Tara <laughs> Come on down, Sister Tara. I just love Sister Tara. Oh, don't you know that? Can I have a big old hug? Oh, God give my sister strength with all these bad chitlins. 
She's an absolute great, marvelous, wonderful mother. You should be proud of her, Brother Corey. I'm telling you what, I'm proud of her because she has to put up with Corey Toodle. <laughs> Lord, I just, I feel for you, Sister Tara. I got a son that's just like him. Thank God I ain't married to him. <laughs> Much prayer. No, just joking. Love y'all. Okay, so we have um, some cards, extra cards we're going to give away. We're going to call out a bunch of numbers. Uh, Miss Rosalie, you want to come help too? Okay. Okay, well, you can sit right there and watch us. All right, Miss Andalyn's going to draw a number. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Miss Melissa. And she wants to do the honors of handing the card, card out too. So, yes, ma'am. We love you, uh, Sister Melissa. You're a great mom. And I know Tyler thinks so too, don't you, Tyler? Say amen. I hear that, boy. You better get on to you. Any day now, the Lord's going to sound a trumpet. Okay. 38. 38? Ooh, come on down, girl. We love you, Sister Savannah. And we double love you because of who you have to live with. He's a good guy, though. You can't help but love him. That Braden, he's a mess. Yes, Lord. Maybe that child turned out like you, Sister Savannah. There'll be hope after all. 26. Ooh, come on, sis. We love Sister Lynn. She is a blessing to our church. An awesome mother. Yes, she is. I could say a lot about some of her folks, you know. She has to deal with a lot of them, especially Brother Quinn. He ain't no good, is he? Mm -hmm. Lord knows that one ain't no good. 21. 21. Oh, is that Sister Buford? Well, sis, come on. You're just double blessed. Double blessed. That's okay, sis. Neither do we, but you deserve it. You deserve it. Okay, right quick before she draws a number. We had an extra card just in case Maul showed up. Um, so uh, I'm just going to, out of the blue, say, ask a question. Does any of you mothers have on any yellow shoes? All right, this is yours then, Anna. Come on down.
she's so pretty, bright, and yellow. Oh, give me a hug. I love you. We love Sister Anna. She's a blessing to the church in so many ways. A great mama. Love her. Okay. We're not doing any more numbers, but thank you. Okay. I think we're through, Pastor Moore. I believe it's all yours now. Thank you, ladies. Love you. Have a wonderful, blessed, happy Mother's Day. All right. Let's give it unto the Lord this morning. God's been good to us, hasn't he? Appreciate him so much. Let me say before Sister Moore leaves, we appreciate her this morning. And, uh, you know, we're living in a world and a time the, to live the life and to present ourselves in a way that's presentable uh, and to impact our world. You know as well as I do that uh, the standards of holiness and the stand for it, uh, the real beauty starts from the, with the end. But, and let's just be honest, the bulk of this is on our ladies. And uh, the pressures that you've had to go through in uh, times of people questioning and pondering. And, and you know, we're, we're living in a time, it was one thing when it was the world doing it. And attacked, and I say attack, maybe not attack, but anyway. Um, but today, uh, even from among us. But I thank God for each one of our ladies uh, that still is willing to present themselves in a godly fashion. And to show submission by uncut hair. And please, nobody be offended by this. But, but it's the truth. Uh, the power of that word and the power of God in their lives. And, and you know, there's some promises with that. And only heaven has got that perfect record of letting us know that these ladies, out of true submission and subjection to the word of God, and gave them power with angels and powers in their prayers. Uh, you know, you and I just really don't know what we'd already had to face and things that would have happened had it not been for faithful moms that would intercede and cry out and stay up at night and pray and call on God. And we're thankful. We're thankful for each one of you and your hard labor and commitment and dedication of day in and day out. Uh, every time you go out on the highways and the byways and places of that nature, um, you know, you're, you're the ones that a lot of times, they, you know, they'll pick out. Uh, the man, they might sometimes, but uh, I can't tell you how often we've been out maybe eating or just out in the public and, and people come over, strangers, total strangers, and uh, they would want us to pray for them and pray for a situation. And you know what was the real drawing card of that? was that lady that was with me. She forsake me today and walked off, but uh, she would be with me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but, uh, but that was the drawing card. That was the attraction. Amen. That was the sure signal that those are godly people. And, uh, and so it's a drawing. It's a pulling. So we thank you, each and every one of you, uh, for your commitment and dedication in that area. God bless you today. We pray and our prayers are today that you have a beautiful day. Not just today. The remainder of this year. As mothers and vessels of God. To, 
Amen. We appreciate you. We give you honor this morning. And thank you. Thank you for coming to be a part of this service with us today. God bless you. Why don't we all just stand? I know the time's slipping away. We've done very well, though. It's just 12 o'clock. So, but we thank you. Don't forget, no service tonight. Please, please, if any way possible, make contact. If you're not able to be with your mother today or haven't already, I know a lot of events has done taking place, and we understand that. There's so many places to go and so many mothers to try to honor, and we appreciate each and every one of you. And God bless you. You have a good day today. God bless you.